Hello, welcome to yet another episode of the Inaugural Bulldogs Fan Podcast. I'm Matt, Scott's with me, how you doing? Going really well, how you going? Yeah, good, good. So let's jump right into it, what's happening at Belmont? Well, I'll jump into it. Uh, Kieran Foran has been selected for New Zealand for the first time in over two years. When they, t- when they play this Saturday against the Great Britain Lions. Also, Corey Harianara has been he's retained his spot on the interchange bench. Uh, the same game has also been selected for New Zealand. But just to jump on Kieran Foran, what a road. like been a long time between drinks for the international test matches. Yeah, good on him. Um, Sean Johnson struggled a little bit, but he's been replaced. But I think the, uh, the Kiwis will get a big win this weekend. But yeah, I agree, and I hope uh, Kieran Foran stars in that game because we know he's a talent, and uh, just just hope he shows everyone what he what he can do. Uh, another good news: um, he hasn't played a game in a while due to injury. He's back from holiday. Brandon Wakeman has been selected for Fiji to take on Samoa in that triple header. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes this weekend. I expect well, like, uh, I expect a Samoa win. Having looked at the two teams. Looking at the last game, they, he did play for CG. He was an absolute superstar. He won them out of the match. Uh, that that lie card where they had the Pacific Cook test. Cook Islands? Yeah, against Cook Pacific test. He won the man of the match. Uh, it was definitely some people, for the first time for the Bulldogs fans, the first time they've seen him play live. He was on Foxtel. Uh, definitely caught my eye when I was there. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see him again, Don on the test jumper. Uh, also, just to touch on him before, he, that, he did finish the season, unfortunately, with an injury, so he couldn't play in the finals games, so it would be, it's good to represent your country, there's no bigger honour, can't wait to see him. But we'll jump into Will Hapawadi and Sione Katoa has been selected for Tonga, taking Australia, what an upset win last week that was against the Great Britain side, and what a try by the new Bulldog Sione Katoa. <laughs> Who the hell yeah. had everything that try? One of the best uh, international tries you'll ever see. I think it was 17 passes and a kick. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, I thought Katoa played quite well. Uh, Hopalati, I think, in the halves there. So he did, he did all right. Um, Togo were very impressive, though. Uh, Great Britain loved so much. So, I mean, we could be... I don't want to touch you a bit about a, a later topic, but we could be in for an exciting triple header at Eden Park where... Uh, Great Britain be looking to bounce back. So would New Zealand. They were both a bit disappointing. Tonga's on a high. They just knocked out Great Britain. They knocked over Great Britain. They'd be feeling confident. And you got the Fiji and Samoa game. Like it's exciting stuff coming up on Saturday for a footy fan. Yeah, I really wish I was over at Eden Park for this triple header. It would be a great, great, uh, great event to be at. Apparently, tickets are selling fast after Tonga's win. So hopefully, a good crowd. You, yep. I'm the last bit of. Uh, Lose out of Belmore, Scotty, is um, a story about Latron Mitchell again. I'm glad this one actually broke before recording, so we didn't have to stop and redo this one. Well, one thing is for sure, I'm sure some bit of news is breaking right now as we speak, as it normally is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, apparently the Bulldogs are looking at a million dollars a year for Latron Mitchell. Um, Earlier in the year, this was obviously reported on. But seeming today's the uh, the last day of October, um, and players go to market tomorrow. It seems to be a little bit more real now, doesn't it? Yeah. So, is it true that he was caught seeing meeting with Bulldogs? He was. Is that what yeah, reports? he was. Apparently, he's been going to a Bulldogs official's house and discussing uh, deals. It's crazy, but 
I mean, what does that mean? Like, so we signed him for the following season, so not 2020, so 2021? Yeah, I believe that's correct. What does that... I mean, there's a potential that we could maybe get him off early for Roosters and release him, maybe. They might think if he signs a contract so early out. Yeah. They might be released. It's happened before, but also clubs have also held on to players who have done it. But So I'm not saying for anything for next year. But 2021, he signs the contract. We're putting a bit of a... Just a what-if out there for today's podcast episode. So he signs the contract. Yeah. We'll have wide of contract next year. What the centers, what, who's the centers going into round one, 2021? Knock on wood, everyone's fit and healthy. There's well, no... if, if we got Latrell Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell's in the centers. Well, of course, he, uh, of course, there's no doubt, but who's his partner? Well, depends on other deals. <laughs> it's a fair no. way out. I, I think Hoppawati probably is on his last deal at the, at the club. Um, so you're saying Hoppawati will not be at the Bulldogs for 2021? I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that he definitely won't be. I'm just saying that I, I, I'll be a little bit surprised. No, just, I feel like think, it's going to no, be saying, a major just, shake up in the current lineup. And Hopper White might be one of those if, players that uh, is going after his current deal. Yeah, I'm just saying, what if like, his contract does expire at the end of 2020? I'm thinking we could have a Latrell Mitchell Morgan Harper centre pairing. I think that'd Possibly. be an exciting centre pairing. It's, in today's game, it's too hard to look that far ahead oh, yeah, to know what's going to change with players' uh, situations. So. It's just crazy, though, you're saying, like, Will Hopper-Whitey could be in his last deal. The man who won the Player of the Year for the Bulldogs. Yeah. How quickly can 12 months be? Like, <laughs> well, oh. it's, it's not so much what Will's done. It's more of a... Um, we know the club's coming into some money for the sal- uh, under the salary cap, and I think there'll be a bit of a shake-up and some, a high player turnover. No, this is fair enough. It's, it is something the Bulldogs should be looking into at least anyway. Let's uh, roll on. I mean, it's not more happening in Belmore, but the 2020, 2020 or the 2020 draw has been released. Yeah, what's happening at NRL HQ? <laughs> yeah, but I just, first we can touch up on it in this segment. I mean, this Belmore thing does break up a little bit. We had Leichhardt, what was happening at Leichhardt a few weeks ago with Benji Marshall and also New Zealand training there. So we thought we'd dip into HQ this week, NRL HQ. So, I've highlighted a few matches that I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, what's your overall thoughts of the draw? Well, to be honest, I haven't looked into it that carefully. I never really do this far out. I looked at who we're playing in round one and two. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I've, a long I've left it. <laughs> I've left all this up to you. Thank you so much, Bob, because I've done research, which is a good thing to pass it off, because I actually did do research. That's what hence I said at the start. So I'm just going to highlight my top five matches I'm looking forward to in 2020, and I'll give you a few reasons why. So cool. I'll put it a bit of exciting. I want, um, if you are listening to this podcast and you want to have a say, what game you're looking forward to the most, or the top few you're looking forward to the most, hit us up um, on our socials or even give us an audio recording. But these are my top five I'm looking into. Uh, round one. It's very hard to pass around one, but especially this one, a Thursday night, Parramatta Eels versus Canterbury Bulldogs, obviously, at Bankwest Stadium. Remember what happened last time? I remember leaving that game where we beat Eels at Bankwest Stadium in front of 18,000 people in the middle, of, towards the back end of the year. I remember leaving that game. Was that a Thursday game. night as well? That was a Thursday night. Yeah. Correct? That's when we lost your voice. But I remember just that game, that game sticks to me. I don't know if it was the venue or the, combined of everything, the actual quality of the game, how tough it was. And I said, when I was leaving with you, I actually said, if this is not round one at Bank West, I think then I was missing a trick. Yeah. So that's a well, massive tick of a, it's a massive tick. I mean, you can always complain about dates, but someone's going to play Thursday night. 
And I think if you're going to make any on Thursday nights, ask because I think that's still going to be a sellout or close to it. Yeah, especially especially in round one. Uh, it's an away it's an away game, unfortunately, so no access to our members. But um, we'll be buying tickets. We'll have to uh, get some tickets here. Yeah. No, no doubt we'll be on Ticket Tech for the moment that opens up and <laughs> gets something. Uh, the round five game against South Sydney Railways. It's a Good Friday game. It's always on the Bulldogs calendar. It's the final one for a while at ANZ Stadium. I reckon let's go up for bang. Uh, I mean, there's, it's just always an exciting game. I don't think you have to tell people why the Friday night one, that Friday afternoon, Good Friday, is not an exciting game, if you remember. I've then highlighted round 10 against the Seagulls at Belmore. The first time Des Haslar will come to a Bulldogs home match. We didn't get to play them at home, and he's going he's gonna to come straight to Belmore. So <laughs> I thought it might be a bit of excitement. Not, I was just wanting this to be played any, at any Bulldogs home ground, but at Belmore, I think it's a good choice. It's a Friday 6pm game. The Belmore games recently have been struggling to sell out, so you might as well take a game that's not well, it's going to struggle to sell like a Friday 6pm game. But Des Hazel will enter Belmore Sports Ground where the Bulldogs train. Uh, we can kind of it'd be a great opportunity for our social media, our marketing team, the Bulldogs, to really advertise the real like hatred to Des Hasler. Well, be careful the way they do it, but they could really get on the back of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, look forward to about 9,000 Bulldogs fans being there and 12 Seagulls fans for that one. There's a good crowd predictor. Hopefully it doesn't rain because it might be 7,000. Um, round 13, the Queen's birthday game against the Dragons on a Monday. Yeah, it becoming a good another game. traditional clash now, isn't it? Yeah. Because another traditional clash. It's a, a football on a Monday afternoon. feels like another Sunday afternoon football game. If you love if you love it like Phil Bill does, it's always something to put in the calendar. It gets relatively big crowds. Unfortunately, this year the crowd wasn't overly big, but the both teams were struggling but still bigger than I would have been on any other day. And then round 15, the South Sydney Rabbitohs have got South Sydney twice, the last game at ANZ Stadium, NRL game at ANZ Stadium before the redevelopment. What a way to sign it off. The two traditional homeowners of the venue are going head-to-head and one last game before the redevelopment. I reckon we could make that as big as the Good Friday Clash. Yeah, uh, I think the, the NRL is going to look to to see a big crowd for that one as well. Farewell to ANZ Stadium for a while. You've got your top five home games after that, Scotty. You've I've included... my... Yep. I have... Yes, I have included some of the actual games before, so I'll just quickly say them without going into detail. That's the round 10 game against the Seagulls at Belmore Sports Ground. I've already listed that one. The round 13 game against the Dragons and the Queen's Birthday Long Weekend already been listed. The round 15 game against South Sydney again, which already been listed. The other two games haven't been touched up. The round 16 game at HBF Park, which is in Perth, for those who are unaware, will be taking the Melbourne Storm there. That should be... That's, I always like watching football from Perth. It looks pretty cool because of the time difference. Not but, the first time that we'll play Melbourne in Perth. No, it's not the first time, but I've always enjoyed it. Uh, who knows, we can possibly make a road trip or a flight out of it to go over there. But also, I've highlighted the Round 24 game against the West Tigers at Bank West, which is our final home game. At Our final home game, which is always exciting to be at the final home game. But yeah, so there's our top five games I'm looking forward to overall, and the five, top five. Good work. Home games. <laughs> there, you, there you go, guys. Uh, Tell us what you think, what games you're looking forward to.
It's the other time of the show we roll on to our top five positions. This week's are props and second rowers. I must say, Matthew, I had difficult, found this one very difficult to actually play some of these players, and I've had some quality players missing the top five. What about you? <clears throat> yeah, I put mine together today, and I thought that um, there's probably these two lists might be the two most controversial, to be honest. And um, just because of the, the amount of quality that had to be left off, but um, I actually have a look at your list this time around, so I well, should be exciting then. So you got, so you, yeah, I don't know. Have you admitted that you've stolen some of my lists in previous weeks? <laughs> I've I've agreed with you <clears throat> a couple of previous weeks, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> what, how do we want to spin it? Would you like me to start this week? Yep, sure. Props five to one. Five to one. We'll start with number five. I've gone with a current Bulldogs player. I've gone with the man, the milestone man this year, Aiden Tolman. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, let's chat about him, eh? He came to the Bulldogs in 2011. He's played already 205 games for the Bulldogs. He's gone to 250. He's played game 200 for the club this year. The milestones kept rolling through. He is a very underrated player. He constantly gets through work, makes the tackles, and the Bulldogs are definitely a better team with him in it than with him out it. Yeah, and I think more recently he's probably been the second best club man that we've had at the club as well, second only to uh, Josh Jackson. That's very fair. Well, now we've agreed on yeah. Aidan Tolman, would we like to roll up? Well, before we actually leave Aidan Tolman, he's played more games at front row than any other Bulldogs player has. Yeah, well done. So, a, a nod to you, Dana. I'll roll up number four, assuming we've just knocked your number four. I've gone with a player who we're actually going to see Sun play for the Bulldogs next year. You know who I'm talking it's about? Darren Britt. That's Darren Britt. <laughs> yep. Gone back so, uh, a bit. What a tough man he was. Yeah, picked him on pure toughness. Uh, played in a very successful 90s era of the Bulldogs. Great captain, great leader. Yeah. Hopefully, we get to see some of his qualities passed down to his son, eh? Hey? Well, let's hope so. The son plays a little bit wider, though. But number four, I have Jeff Robinson. Wow. That's right. I've gone back. <laughs> gone back to the 80s. And what a player Robbo was. A bit of a cult following, Robbo. He was a cult following. <laughs> Looks a bit different than the hit hard. Is he the man who jumped and tackled four power plays at once? Was it yeah. four? Yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I think he took out the, the Parramatta wall, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. It's, it makes me giggle to this day. Number four. Number four, I'm a bit surprised. Oh, well, let's continue on. Let's roll on. My number three, I've gone back into the 80s, just like you for your number four. I've gone for players played for South City and Canterbury. I've gone to Peter Tunks. Oh. I've, he's played in a very successful era at the Bulldogs. Yep. For the 80s, uh, the premiership, like, there's a reason, yeah. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a very, he's another very tough man, yeah. very good club man as well, a bulldog legend, so absolutely yeah, so number three. Picked him in tough, yeah, toughness at number three. I mean, okay. again, this list, I reckon this top five list, you could mix and match the top five, or even another few people, few players I didn't mention who I thought were going to be shoo in this list, didn't make the list, that you could put them in the top five, and I find it very hard to disagree with you. So at, at number three, I've got Stephen Price. Stephen Price, really? Number three. Yeah. We've got a bit of a theme going here. Sort of like leadership position uh, roles and 
big hard man. That's what we've gone for. <laughs> That's what we like at the Bulldogs. Hard man who leads the team. So uh, Steve Price was definitely one of those. Well, I'll go my number two, which was Steve Price. <laughs> he he I... certainly loved the club, and to see him uh, miss out on the 0-4 grand final was heartbreaking, and to see how upset he was when he left the club. Uh, Bulldog through and through. He's back at the club. So good yeah, he's back at the club. Yeah, he's back in. He's back. But at least he did get to walk away with the premiership early in his early days with the Bulldogs. Yes. So, okay. would have so been nice to see the cock as captain. So, at, your number two at, is? At number two, I've got Darren Britt. Oh. Yes, yeah, another tough man who uh, who showed who had great leadership qualities. <laughs> he continue. was down on my list a little bit, but he got you a bit higher. Yep. On your list. Well, you know my, number one? My, number, my number one, you've already mentioned this player. I just love him for his pure toughness, and he played in a great era for the Bulldogs in the late 70s and mid-80s, Jeff Robson. There you go. I picked him at number one. Well, there you go. Jeff Robson on top of your list. Um, pure this toughness. Is this is interesting, because my number one hasn't been spoken about. Are you serious? Yeah, that's right. Up? How uh, this doesn't happen often, ladies and gents. At no, number no, one, no. I've got a tough man who used to run straight over the top of anyone that would stand in his way. His nicest man to be off the field. It's Mark O'Mealy. Oh, Mark O'Mealy, the ogre. The, the ogre. Old dog. He even made the old dog one you week. <laughs> yes, Mark O'Mealy. I've got him. And I, I, like I said before we started this list, I think this could be controversial, but I've got him as the number one. Prop. Well, do you know what I actually did for this week? Uh, this week? Do you know when we looked at the previous positions? I thought this is only difficult when we did our research. We looked back at career stats and overall memory, and we spoke about the, what they did for the club. It's purely what they did for the Bulldogs, not not how they finished their time yep. elsewhere or whatever or prior. I made a list. And I was thinking I'll have James Graham somewhere in there. I'll have Mark O'Neilly in there. I'll have. Oh, was it, I just had like those plays, and those three plays just end up getting knocked down the list until where there's top eight, top ten. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I had a few that missed my list that I thought would be in there. James Graham was one of them, um, but yeah, unfortunately, like we, just we've, been James spoiled, Graham, we've been spoiled in the pack, haven't we, as a club? Really? Yeah, that's what, when you look back at it and you just realise how lucky have we been. And I just start to think, like you look at James Graham, I think we'll make the top five St George Lawara Dragons props. I know it's a Shorter club history for St. George Illawarra. Dragons. That was a bit of shorter club. But he's done most of, I reckon, his better work when he first came to the NRL at the Bulldogs. I thought, yeah, he's definitely top five. Yeah. So much so that he actually, I think, came seventh in my list when I was making it. <laughs> All right, let's 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 push on into the second rows. I'll go first this time. Okay. Um, um, like that. At number five, the trend continues a little bit. Nice guy off the field, leader on it. Um, I've got Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan at number five, the 2004 Premiership winning captain on debut. On debut, his captaincy. Yeah, everyone knows the Andrew Ryan story out from his country roots into the big city and to lead the uh, the Bulldogs for the first time in the 04 Grand Final. Uh, he's a great servant for the club. Such a great player. You could, he's so many good memories at the club. Still one of my favourites on the humorous side was the final farewell game where he scored the try and almost knackered himself. On the Bobcat. Yes. That goes out of the humor. That still sticks with me. But I've got, I think, a controversial one for number five. 
I'd like to see what you think about this one. I've got back to someone who played with Andrew Ryan for a little bit. He came to the Bulldogs. I was scratching my head saying, do we really need him? But I ended up loving him. Frank the Tank Pritchard. Frank Pritchard. Oh, at five. Okay. Number five. Interesting. Frank the Tank. Um, I, th- I thought he played his best football of his career while he was at the Bulldogs and representing Samoa, to be honest. I agree. Like Him playing for Samoa was massive. But I, I can't scratch my head going, oh, do we, do we really need the signing? And then he took it one game to win my heart over against the West Tigers when he scored that first try, when he scored the, his first try at the Bulldogs. Uh, I absolutely loved him. And when he did leave in the 2015 season, at the end of the 2015 season, to pursue a career in the Super League, I was heartbroken that he didn't stay for a few more seasons. And we did see him come back for Parramatta in 2017. Yep. All right, we'll continue my list. And Scotty, my trend is continuing. Nice guys who are leaders on the field. And t- a bit tough. I've gone with Darren Smith. Darren Smith. See, this is another list. <laughs> that, that just, it's these second, like the forwards in general, not just the front row, but the forwards in general have been... I, I feel like uh, when you talk about the Mortimers and the Hughes's, uh, obviously they've had a longer affiliation with the club, but uh, Darren Smith and Jason Smith playing in the 90s with uh, Corey and Gwen and Steve Hughes and all that really pushed, like, continued that sort of family club feel. And uh, He was a great player in his own right. He switched between second row and centre. Uh, pretty, uh, pr- pretty equal in quality across both. But he was a tough bugger. I think the player again uh, for my for my number my number four that he did play a little bit of a bit of front row. It'll just just look at his pitches. Now he actually played a bit more front row than he did second row, and I thought he was going to make my he could be a player who would have made both. Yeah, but I've picked David Gillespie in my second row at number four, and he's played a very successful year at the Bulldogs. Yep, again in the eighty in the the 80s of the Bulldogs. He was another cult figure, wasn't he? Semester. Cult figure. He could have actually made both lists. He played yep. 121 games in the front row and 94 in the second row. I'm <laughs> controversially dubbed in the second row list because he had to be mentioned. The tough That's... hitting, hard tackler. The cement. He's nicknamed Cement. That's right. He yeah. wasn't nicknamed that for nothing. He hit hard. <laughs> All right. I had to get him somewhere in this list both, and he missed my front row list. I couldn't believe it. He could have at, made both. At number three... I've got um, someone that was taken away from us recently. I've got Steve Pope's. Steve Pope's. Such heartbreak. That was heartbreaking news. I remember coming back from work and seeing that break, and I just I was lost for words. I was feeling sick. But man, what a man! He's a legend. Well, the biggest compliment you could give folks is that he is up there with anybody. That encompasses the club. So you talk about Turvey and Barr and those type of players. Steve Folks is on a level, uh, an equal level to those players. He's yeah. just pulled on through and through. When did not just that, but have the we should start our we should, we should start our own Bulldog Immortals. Bless. <laughs> Actually, that might be something we can do in the off season. <laughs> but, but Steve Folks not just to do that, but to do his coaching career and like. Heavy in fitness and stuff like that. After such a successful coach in the Bulldogs. Yeah. All right. So, so let's not just continue on. We will continue on. 
So my number three, you've already mentioned him. I thought you put him on a little bit low. And I've already some of my favourite moments. Is Andrew Ryan. Oh, there you go. So Andrew Ryan. Two, two spots oh. higher than mine. So we can roll on to your number two. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, my number two is someone you've mentioned before too. I've got David Gillespie. Oh, the cement. He's made of high. He could have been number two on both lists. <laughs> well, we've, we've spoken about list. him. So I think there's nothing left to do but reveal who's our number one. Second well, right. I've got my number two still. Oh, sorry. Yes, you've jumped up. You're so excited. I'm my excited, number two, yeah. I want to see if you, you can guess who he is. My number two. I've got a feeling he might be your number one. <laughs> I've got a feeling my number two, he debuted in 2012 with the Bulldogs. He's still playing. Can you take a guess who it is? Josh Jackson. It's Josh Jackson at number two for me. What a captain. I think, as a captain point of view, I think he's one of the best captains we've had. Uh, he just yeah, keeps so- lifting this young group. Absolutely. Someone that's, that I've left off the list completely. Um, he's but- not your number one. I thought you were building for JJ. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I thought he was top five. He's an inspiration leader. So he much is, above he the Bobcat. But I think what hurt him is that he's still going. <laughs> and Thomas still going about the top five props. Yeah, yeah, different position there. Come on. <laughs> um, I think Josh Jackson with the other players that I've got in my top five. Um, I reckon he'll be there by the time his career's over. But you're right, he's an inspirational leader, and this year he became he stepped up another couple of levels. Almost so that I think he could be finished at number one for us, and you haven't made him crack to the top five. So this nah. that's how. I got him at six. To be honest, he's at six. I was tossing up between Andrew Ryan and Josh Jackson. So, oh, well, so at the end of his career, he should be the top five. <laughs> Sorry? Okay, yeah, you go for your number one. I'm excited to hear because I thought I had your number one. Number no, number one. Okay. At number one, I've got someone that has been mentioned before. He plays best football at the club and he's represented Samoa. Frank the Tank Pritchard. Number one, Frank the Tank. Yep. I just think his impact at the club and uh, the player he turned into. Uh, again, both my number ones, I'm expecting to hear some controversy about, but I'm sticking by him. Um, and I don't, think don't anyone, to... I don't think anyone can really say that they don't deserve to be number one. So, um, yeah, I, don't think to, I don't think you have to wait till Twitter or Instagram to hear your controversial because I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> as much as I love Frank the Tank Richard, I got him at number five. I thought that was a controversial pick. At number five, yeah, well, you've the, the top of the top at number one. I said, I said at the start, like this could be a controversial pick. I'm picking yep. Frank Richard. When you said that, you must have been thinking, oh goodness, he can't. I can't wait to reveal my number one. That's why you tried to beat my number two, didn't you? That's why I got excited. Yeah. Look, is there any real reason why he shouldn't be number one? Like. um Represented his country, played the highest level of the game, and really led our pack around. Um, played his best football at the club um, with a pretty it's successful like, team. So I'm sticking by it. Who's your number one? You've already mentioned this person, number one. You've 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 given the high rap. He, I don't know, we sh- we could almost name a street after Belmore after this man. He went on to coach the Bulldogs as well and winning a premiership as a player and as a coach. Steve Folks is my number one. Second row. Again, hard to argue. These positions are really hard to pick. All of them could be number one. But it's so 
Uh, yeah, we had like like I said, the second rows and props. I had players who made six and seven and eight. Who I thought, she, Jesus, they should be in the top. They should be any other club. They could be number one in that club. But we've been gifted a talented forward pack for for a long time. For a very long time, um, and it, it continues. Uh, Josh Josh Jackson and Aiden Tolman featuring on uh, a couple of lists there. Um, so that's it for our top fives. Guys, final segment of the show as always. It's rugby league world. Let's dive right into it. Scott, what's on the agenda? Well, we got tonight that Sam Burgess announcing medically retiring. Yeah, uh, no matter what you think of Sam Burgess as a player, either love him or hate him, uh, he's been an incredible player at the NRL um, and rugby league as a whole. Uh, his performances for England, Great Britain, and South Sydney have been stuff that will be spoken about for a very long time. It's a really sad way to see. Any player in their career who's had a surgery on the shoulder, which then uh, an infection has taken place inside the shoulder to the point where he, I think he only now has 15% of bone in that shoulder. It's crazy. It's scary, but I mean, I was just thinking about today. Didn't like him on the field, but you like liked what he did on the field. Like in, like, in the sense of like, getting through the metres, being scary. When it came close to the line, was it, it was one of the best players barging himself over. He did have the, I mean, the tendency to drop the ball, but he's a match winner for you. I was one of those players you actually think about it that I think majority of the people hate it, but if he was at your club, he'd be the one of the most loved. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a real leader. He's, I thought his uh, statement saying goodbye was all class. So if you haven't oh, read yes. that, that up on the internet, um, yeah, it'll well, probably it's be on South's website, I guess. Uh, I haven't seen it, but on their website, but I have read it. Um, yeah, I agree. I did just, read that. Yeah, that was all class. Um, it, apparently, he could come back again, but um, the thing was that you'd have to have an eight-month eight wait until have surgery, then after that, a 12-month recovery, so that's 20 months, so that would be two years without football, and he'd have to return to his final year of his contract or his second final year of his contract not having played for two years at the age like 34 so yeah that, I feel that's unfortunate I think that is it for Sam Burgess it's been a rough time for him on a, well from football and away from football as well but we won't yeah. chat too much about that it's been a rough month let's just roll on to the next one and, and I, I think I think it's uh, as opposition fans to uh, to say thank you to Sam Burgess for what he's done for the game uh, 20, even though, oh, I mean, we'll actually might before we roll on, the 2014 Grand Final, as much as I hate to bring it up, to play on with a cheekbone, he's a cheekbone, broken yeah. cheekbone, to play on with that, like that toughness through and through, that, again, like I said, I've, he just irked me, but I was always one of those players that I was excited when he withdrew from a game, when you first rubbed <laughs> in. Like, just because of how good he is. It was just that thing, yeah. like, when he withdrew injured, you were like, thank God, like, I was like, this game a little bit like, Bearable. And you can see towards the back end of his career, unfortunately, I felt like the last few weeks of the round and him playing in the finals, he wasn't at his destructive best. Now we, we know why. Like, we know really why he wasn't at his best and the yeah. pain he must have caused. But I, I mean, again, like I said, hate him on the field as a sense. But congratulations, Sam, on a, a wonderful rugby league career. Also, talking about your Super League days as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, Manly hooker, eh? Goodness gracious. <laughs> Is it Melise Fanu has uh, been charged with wounding a person with intent to cause grievous bodily harm? 
it's just uh, we, the details would have been reported. It was at a yeah. church function or at a church? It was a church dance. Church and, uh, dance, okay. So allegedly, he has stabbed somebody at a church dance, which is an odd place. You wouldn't expect to get stabbed at a church dance, surely. Because yeah, I had to read that about five or six times to actually make sure it's a church. So like, oh, I didn't think that was a place you'd think about someone being stabbed in. It's a really like, weird a one. Cause, uh, it's a really weird one because Todd Greenberg has come out and said to players, you know, make good decisions. Um, don't put yourself in a position where you could be stood down for the no-fault stand-down policy uh, and walk away from bad situations. I don't know whether a player could put themselves in a better position than a church dance without knowing the details of what happened. <laughs> going to a church dance, you don't think uh, a scandal's going to come out of it. But hypothetically, if he is guilty, yeah, life ban? Y- yeah, probably. Jeez, yeah, like that's just crazy. Convicted, convicted uh, violent criminal. Uh, I know we've got uh, Matt Lodge, that's a bit controversial, but uh, stabbing. I think we agree. Bit higher, eh? I think that we agree as well. Like, I think if we, I feel if I was actually Matt Lodge, I think if you were in charge, I don't think you'd have him in the game anyway. Uh, but um, anyway, if he's convicted of this, uh, well, he'll be doing jail time. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what. What about Manly? They just got rid of Apisal Coruscant. To... Exactly what I was just about to say. I was going to say let's <laughs> turn it to a football intention wise that they yeah. they got rid of a Happy Coruscant because uh, they're going to give this guy the first crack that he's going to be the number one hooker, an eighty minute hooker, and now they'll probably start the season with no um, NRL level. I just can't. Like, he, in twenty years' time, if this if he's guilty, the next trial, I wanted to see if he's like at a pub or something. I don't know somewhere, and someone like he goes, "Yeah, mate, I used to play for Manly, right?" Yeah. And the young guy goes, "Wow, really? You used to play for Manly? What happened?" You know how you see if people talk about, "Oh, I wasn't disciplined enough at training. I had all the yeah. talent, but wasn't disciplined." I've heard people talk about injury that. Injury got in the way. Yeah. Injury got in the way. There's injuries that got in the way. I was lucky enough to do some stuff with North Sydney Bears and speak to one of the their more high-profile player, Curtis Johnson, and he said attitude was a big issue for him. Yeah. Gotten away from him, and he said if he had his time back, he would do a lot of things differently in training, and he tried to really become a leader at the back end of his career at North Sydney because of that. Yeah. And definitely put people under his wing. That he would just basically say, oh, yeah, I just stabbed someone at a church dance. <laughs> That's definitely your fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could say at least the attitude problem, like, no one helped me. Like, no, like my parents didn't pull me in yeah. line or... The coach didn't give me a warning, so you could kind of feel like maybe if I had some guidance. But kind of reminds point? me of a kind of reminds me of, of a night I had in Tamworth, where I ended up at the same same nightclub as the uh, the Rebel Biker Gang, and ended up having a conversation with one of those without realizing it. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move this on. Sorry, we weren't worried about what you did that night. You're not a football player. <laughs> Well, let's just say I put a few bikies in there. For... No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a joke, of course. Uh, former Bulldog player, Sonny Bill Williams. Um, he's just been playing in the in the Rugby World Cup for the All Blacks. has been offered $9 million over the course of two years to sign with the Toronto Wolfpack. Well, they're in the Super League next year. Yep, they've been promoted. They defeated Thurston. <laughs> yeah, a good, a good friend, a former Bulldog, Chase Stanley's at the moment. Yep. Um, hopefully, I think he's going to stick around. Um, controversially, not on any of our lists so far, 
for the top five players. He did make the team of the century. But um, what do you reckon this one's going to be? Ah, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's dual international. He's yeah. won a Rugby Union World Cup. He hasn't won a Rugby League one yet, but he's... No. He's, he's won, won two, two Union World Cups, no Rugby League World Cups. Uh, he's won... So what, is, what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's won a 2004 Grand Final debut season with the Bulldogs. You can't doubt that was a fantastic debut season. Yeah. He then won on his return with the Roosters. Yep. A few years back. So, I mean, as well as the World of Rugby League and Rugby Union, he's a very big name in that. Yep. Uh, so much so that I think he might be very recognisable recognizable in Canada. Somewhat with some of the people, like it, it, it could only be a good thing when it comes to marketing. Yeah, and that's well, the one looking at the decision. He was widely tipped to retire after this Rugby World Cup, and um, I don't know how you say no to nine million dollars over two years. You know, but it's like that's that's a massive deal, uh, and you know, really, like he's probably already pretty well set up to go into retirement. But what about that for a boost? I don't know how you say no to that. Um, well, we might give him a chance to play for Samoa again. Oh, for a first time. Yeah, who knows? If it's a two-year deal, it'll give him a chance to go through to uh, the 2021 World Cup. He might play for New Zealand, try to win a first Rugby League World Cup with New Zealand. Or, yeah, as you say, win the first World Cup with Samoa in Rugby League. Who knows? By 2021. with the international game for him. Yeah. I think it'll be easy for... Um, it'll be easy for the North American market to sell uh, the name Sonny Bill Williams. Super, like, big rugby star across both codes, but just the name as well. Sonny Bill Williams. I think the North American market would go crazy for that. Also, just to talk about Sonny Bill, like, with the $9 million contract, so they're not a marquee player? Is this one one marquee player per club or one marquee player per year? I think it's one marquee. I'm not entirely across it, but I think it's one marquee player per year. Club, um, and then yeah, like I said, 100%. I think it's 100% off uh, the salary cap for the first year and 50% off for the second year. I could be wrong with that because I haven't looked into it, I've just gone off uh, what other people have been saying. Um, but that seems to be the way it is. So over if you're there. correct, so you could pay him eight million or over even eight million for the first year. So yes. They're get 50% off next year. They could be getting 500,000 off the salary cap next year and getting yeah. the whole 8 million off. I don't know if there's any rules about loading con- uh, contracts in the first year or the second year or I not. I suppose, uh, yeah, he could be paid as much as they want in that first year and not cancel the salary cap at all and then pay a smaller amount in the second year. Uh, and only half of that counts towards salary cap. I, I reckon it should be no problem if he agrees to sign that. But anyway... <laughs> anyway, yeah. just me personally, as like, if you agreed to be in that, in that position. Well, well my, my wife said if he turns it down, I should take it. So <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, if they're going to offer you the same thing or if you'd be a marquee player, but you could be a good water boy. Yeah, yeah. Water boy is a bit of too much running for me at this stage. I think I might be, uh, I might go over there as a, I don't know, media personality or something. Nine million <laughs> Possibly. To the Rod, uh, what's it? What's Roger's brother, Johnny Kulashishek? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me and Johnny were better together. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good marketing deal. Uh, let's roll on the show to the, the international 
matches coming at Eden Park this Sunday in Auckland. Yeah, we've, we've already touched on these, but Samoa plays Fiji in the first game. Second game is New Zealand versus the Great Britain Lions. And um, third game is Australia versus Australia. Fascinating that a game in Auckland has Australian Tonga signing it off when the event, when yeah. New Zealand plays the second game. I, I, I've always, I thought it was weird too looking at this, but thinking about it a little bit more, you know what I think they've done? I think they've done this because of uh, how uh, popular Tonga is. And I've been to New Zealand quite a few times and I quite under, I understand that the biggest city, uh, the biggest city worldwide for Pacific Island population is Auckland. And a lot of those people support New Zealand as well. So I'd imagine that the Tongan fans would get there early and be Kiwi fans and then be uh, Tongan fans for the next game. What about, is there plenty of Samoans in there? Yeah, absolutely. It's a big Pacific island. Uh, Auckland has a, a large amount of Pacific islanders from all the uh, islands. Uh, so, yeah, Samoa should have a, a fair bit of support out there too. Um, but like I said, I'm sure those Samoans, same boat as the Tongans supporting New Zealand as well. Um, but yeah. I mean, all games should be blockbusters. Yeah, look, Samoa versus PG. I'm really hoping Samoa win. Because um, if Samoa win, they will win promotion to Oceania Pool A for next season, which would mean that Pool A next season would consist of uh, New Zealand, Samoa, and Tonga. And I'd be super keen to watch that. Definitely, that'd be something exciting. I think, too, I think previous years when we watched some more play, they are definitely go, they definitely go well against New Zealand. They definitely look for that one. Yeah, I remember that World Cup game in England between Samara and New Zealand. It was a really good exactly game. Exactly. Yeah, that was the Kiwi's game. I was thinking about when I said that. Yep. Yeah. Um, if PG win, it will come down to the final game the week after PG play PNG. Uh, and all three teams could possibly get promoted. Uh, New Zealand versus Great Britain. I expect a big win to New Zealand. I would expect both teams to be turning around big time. Yeah, watching Great Britain now, like, you'd hate to say it with a team with James Graham in it, but they look like they had nothing. Well, I'm hoping that they both teams turn it around because I'm both disappointing night weekend. Well, yeah, both very disappointing. I think Kieran Foran, with having Benji in the halves, Kieran Foran will take a little bit of pressure off Benji, but it'll also help steer the team around, uh, which I think was what Sean Johnson needs to start doing. But he's going down, I think, that rabbit hole of still worrying about the bigger players too much. But anyway, yeah. I think the inclusion of Foran will help Kiwis. And then the final one, which is the main event, which really touched Australia versus Tonga, or Tonga versus Australia. Yep. Um, the... Well, Tommy got a pretty good warm-up last week. I still think that they lack in the halves a little bit, and that's, again, not to have a go at the players that they do have in the halves. Uh, but Lola Hare played really good last week. Uh, but it's a big step up to play Australia, especially the way the Great Britain team performed last week. Exactly. But well, it could boost them a little bit of confidence. Um, but yeah, so I'd expect some late changes in that team too, because I looked at the team, and I think there's... Uh, They've named five reserves. All of them are potentially in the top of his best 17. So I think there could be a, a bit of a shake-up before kickoff. Just trying to fool Australia, maybe? Catch them off guard? Possibly. I'll just pull the team up now quickly. And I'll just read through those players. Because um, it is 
is an interesting uh, topic here. Here we go. The players on the reserve list that have got are five players. All five could play. 18, they've got Tessie Nu, who debuted last week at fullback and was, uh, hasn't played in our role yet, but was, had a really, really good game. Then they've yeah. got Tavita, Tavita Pengai Jr., Joe Offenhalle, Tony Staggs, and Junior Tatola. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. Gonna, I don't know who's going to make way for those players because uh, they've got to vary from pack. Um, but yeah, like, you'd imagine that uh, two or three of those players out of those five would be playing in, the, in that game. If, yeah. if not. Did you just see? Yeah, that's a. The reserve, what a great reserve list. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, yeah, so if you, I mean, to, we'll wrap the show up, but you've got to watch the, the international games. They're getting, I think, they're getting better year by year. More yeah. exciting. I think the, the smaller nations, I guess you call them, are getting bigger and bigger, but each year. Well, there you uh, go. Did you, did you see during the week? Sorry, I just came, this just came to me. During the week, uh, Peter Beattie made a little bit of a Twitter gaffe, but he has, he's done that before. He said that in the next five years, that Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga will all be test-playing nations. A lot of people said, hold on, they already are test-playing nations. What he meant was T1 nations. So did you see that? No, I didn't see that. that, was, that so actually, if that's in the works at the IRL, I'd like to know a bit more information on how we're going to get Fiji, uh, PNG, Samoa, and Tonga up to T1 status because it's not just results in the field, as I understand it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially Tonga. But if if, if uh, that happens, though, it's very, very exciting times. Yeah, it would be exciting. And then, no more players switches. Money, more money for the players. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see how that, how that affects that going forward, wouldn't it? Um, if players would still commit. <laughs> but then you've got the equal pay at the World Cups now and uh, happened at the World easier. Cup. It's happening at the Rugby League World Cup in two years' time. So, yeah. Obviously, Australian and New Zealand players will get paid extra by their uh, national federations, but um, step in the right direction. You are, you are right. But I suppose, as all good things need to come to an end, We'll wrap this up first. Sorry? So does this podcast. So does this podcast, yeah, but it's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) Just for the the internationals this week, definitely watch them. It's going to be fantastic. There's there's also a bit of Bulldogs, Bulldogs players in there. So especially, I would like to watch the Tonga game for those people again to see Sione Katoa again. Up and close before this last time, seeing before he... Be wearing a blue and white jersey, but yes, yeah, so I would for everyone out there over our show. Uh, Matthew and myself, we made our top five second round props. They're probably the most controversial list, so much so that I thought number five choice for my second round was controversial. It turned out to be Matthew's number one. <laughs> so, if you have anything to add to it, is our list right? Is our list wrong? Who's right? Who's wrong? Are we both wrong? Whatever it is, I uh, we mentioned our t- the top five home games and top five. Overall game for the draw. This on this podcast, we also mentioned the possibility of Latrell Mitchell being at Belmore. Whatever it is, or if you want us to chat about anything else, give us a tweet 
or direct message at NRL Bulldogs fans on Instagram. Give us an Insta, I guess you call it, at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Or you want to write us an email, hit us up at hit us up on nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Have a lovely week, everyone. Till next time. Bye.